Hello. Hello, everyone. It's a fairly queer podcast. Yes, episode two, season two. Lots of twos going on in this new year full of twos. Jeremy, I didn't get the opportunity because you didn't text me back to tell you why I chose that song for our theme song for a fairly queer podcast. Oh. Do you even do you even do you even know what it is? Not at all. Why don't you tell it's me, Sam? Me. Oh. It's Meet Me. It's yeah. your song Meet Me. Because in the beginning it says, You caught the corner of my eye. And that's how oh. we met. Oh, that's true. See, Sam. Like, it sounded to me when you sang it, it sounded like something from an Alfred Hitchcock film. It sounded much more like uh, like like some kind of horror theme. But that's okay, because we're going to investigate the way we um, we deal with music, the way we listen, the way we make it a part of our lives. So I am excited to talk with you about a couple of uh, opening uh, curiosities, Sam. What, what have you been curious about? What, is, what have been some things you've been doing during the winter to satisfy your uh, your engagement with the world, uh, in terms of music, or just in general, just in general. But I mean, uh, you know, oh it's winter time in the northern hemisphere, so people I think watch a little more whatever and listen to a little bit more whatever if they aren't going out as much. You know, this winter has been a very interesting one because. Uh, it's the first winter in a really long time where I haven't had a conventional job because I've been doing my business. Yeah. Um, so last winter, I think I was still working at a distillery. And then the winter before that, several winters before that, I was still working with horses. So this, I feel like, has been much more... Um, uh, I've been much more... Recl- reclusive, I guess would be yes. the word. I've yes. been just in my apartment and making leather stuff and editing podcasts and, you know, doing that kind of stuff for yes. most of the time, um, which has, it's it's nice because I yeah. get a lot done and yes. I'm enjoying sending out lovely harnesses to people so that they have something to hold their giant dildos with. But pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. but also it's kind of depressing because I feel like I don't want to go outside because it's cold yeah. and I have nowhere to go because I work from home. Yeah. But that being said, it has given me the opportunity to explore a lot of new medias because I always have something on in the background when I'm doing my leather work. Yeah. I just finished watching AJ and the Queen which I know. Oh, how did that go for you? It's been sort of recommended to me. I watched about a half hour of it, and then I was like, I'll save this for another time. I don't think I'd watch this alone. I'm going to lay it out to you like a fairy tale. (gasps) Okay. So you told me that you watched about half of episode one, and then you were like, okay, that's enough, right? Yeah. 
That is exactly what happened to me. I watched okay. half of episode one and I was like, this is unbearably bad. I don't want to watch it. So mm-hmm. I put it down. But then I was like, oh, God, I really want something on the background. Maybe I should just put it back on so that I did. And by the time it gets to episode three, it really picks up. And mm-hmm. it's it's very campy. It's self-aware. It's um, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of gray sky between RuPaul and Ruby Red. Like mm-hmm. Ruby Red is an amalgamation of, Ru- of RuPaul qualities. It's like it's like RuPaul if she went a different direction in her life. Um, but it's good. Yeah. I really like it. And you have to suspend your disbelief in a lot of ways because there's a lot of plot holes. Mm-hmm. But it's cute. I enjoyed it. And it's well produced. So okay. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been doing recently. I've been watching AJ and the Queen, listening to some music. What about you, Jeremy? How have you been shaking the winter blues? Shaking the winter? Well, I must say, Sam, I have some of those doldrums in my week i'm very grateful that today while we're podcasting i'm feeling rather perky and rather happy and i've been enjoying uh watching a few things with my housemate again i'm the kind of person who like if i can get too far into watching things and into like uh distracting myself with media so which is why i try to only do it with people and then i try to only do it for a certain amount of time but the stuff I have been watching with my housemate, I've been um, watching Designing Women. Because <laughs> 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 it's on Hulu now, and I'm like, yes, enjoying women, being sassy, in the fantastic 80s clothes, you know, enjoying Julia's uh, dryness and uh, Suzanne's extraness. And Mary Jo's kind of mousiness, but smartness. And also Charlene's uh, earthiness and kind of local yokelness. It suits me. It suits what I'm interested in right now. Because I've been getting into a lot of Southern culture, which is like, I've got to qualify that. So there's Designing Women. And then on my own, I've been watching the great Pittsburgh um, documentarian Ken Burns. I've been watching uh, the Civil War. I watched it when probably I was in fourth or fifth grade, and it really struck me when I was watching it as a kid. And I was kind of weirdly obsessed with the Civil War. So now I've gotten past um, Gettysburg in the series, and it's really doing one for my brain as I think about things that are happening in the United States right now. Because I think, well... I've always loved history, and I think in order to not get like overwhelmed by all of the pulling apart and the and the argumentation or the arguments that are happening that I'm hearing from my friends and those around me, I want a perspective. So I'm watching the Civil War, designing women, Southern women with with a liberal slant in the late '80s, and then um, Civil War. And then I've been listening to a lot of America. I've been listening, music-wise, I've just been listening to a lot of Americana, a lot of Dolly and Emmylou and and Linda. They helped me get through my my melancholy winter days when it happens. I'm very lucky. I'm living in Southern California for the winter. Like, it's really not bad 
at all. But I, it's, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. It's not touring. It's looking for work. It's existential stuff that comes from that. So, hey, everyone who's experiencing winter in the Northern Hemisphere, do what you need to feel good. Get yourself your hot baths. Watch comedy. Delve into something that you have the time and that you were brave enough to do. Because springtime, we want to be out and about and enjoying one another's company after the winter. Do it. Beep, beep, beep. Do it. That's my uh, Darth Sidious. I have also been watching a lot of videos on Star Wars. So that's another thing. Um, so yeah, um, we talked about a little bit about the award season. Oh yeah. Winter time. Keeping everybody. That's been something that's been some, some stuff that's been occupying people's brains recently with the Grammys. Have you heard of the Grammy controversy? I didn't know there was a Grammy controversy. Apparently there's a Grammy controversy. I oh, don't we just love pop culture controversy? I hear the tone. tell me, Sam. Think I actually didn't look into it as much as I should have for this All right. years, but okay. I believe it had something to do with um, the Academy or whatever group of people decide which artists are deserving of trophies. Uh, it was rigged. Or slam. We're saying the we're saying the patch was pulled, Sam. Was oh the patch pulled? pulled patch. Yeah, so apparently that was a big controversy and the head of the committee or something made a statement in the beginning of it. But honestly, like I feel like there's a lot of snubs. And although I enjoy her music, that artist that does what's her name? She has green hair. Oh, I don't listen. I don't listen to music by people in their teens and early. She does bad, bad man, bad guy, bad guy. She does that song. I don't even know. Someone tell me why I should care about teenagers talk singing about bad guys. I mean, sounds like something Lana Del Rey would sing about. She didn't get anything. I don't. She's never. She's never. Oh, there's a, there's something that people are up at arms about. All those folks who love the deep, dark, simmering, simmering coups of uh, Lana Del Rey. She didn't get fucking nothing for Norman fucking Rockwell. Isn't that fucked I think up? She deserves. I think she deserves a trophy. I don't listen to her. Personally. I don't know. I mean, but that's the thing. This is a, this is the weird, the weirdness around these 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 award ceremonies. They're just like, oh, what you be listening to? What's hot? What are the children like? What are the what are these multi million dollar record companies uh, saying should be this and that? I'm kind of over all of it. I listen to good music if it's good, and someone tells me to listen to it, I'll give it a go. I think I need a little bit more explanation than besides that someone's popular right now. I do think that there's a fine line because when I was younger than I am now, um, I I really liked Lady Gaga. Like yeah. When she was peaking. Not that, I mean, that sounds mean, but you get the idea. Like when she was like monster Fame I like the fame monster. Crap. I was into the fame monster. I was going through that that journey into the inner darkness of the fame monster. Yeah. 
she had a highly I... iconic music videos of, that really delved into some weird, creepy shit in the Western psyche. But she was like, I, I remember a lot of my friends were very critical of me liking her because she is very she's very derivative and there's nothing wrong with being derivative because well, so is drag and so is pop culture folks well so everything is derivative. what, everything what, what wagon well so, but I, I think I, that's it's hard it's a fine derivative line derivative is a like, way of calling someone to uh, using a certain stream or certain themes and not doing much with it that's when you're not doing much with your take on something when it's not when it's Maybe, I don't know, we can talk about that at some point if you want, but I think, like, my point is originality. What keeps something from being uh, derivative is that the originality of one's experience. You're telling your perspective, and it's rich, and it's compelling, or it's just truthful, and people can sense that. So I'll leave it at that for now. Well, that's... But yeah, drag is derivative. When do people do original drag things? But huh? I think it's 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 often dangerous to alienate audiences because they like a specific popular artist uh, because someone doesn't find their body of work inspiring because it often turns into a generational battle where someone's familiar with that sound or that style, so it's mm -hmm. not fresh and new to them. So, I mean, right. if you like Billie Eilish, then go on with your bad self. She's probably great. I'm just not really that um, familiar with her body of work. Yeah. Yeah. Me, uh, me either. So, fine. Cool. Um, there is someone who, who I think will be a great, um, uh, a great artist to expand on. I was listening to Nas. It is Nas, isn't it? Ah, Nas, yes. Oh, my God. Like... Cute, queer, genre bending, like your gender bending, and like I like the production. I like, I love their flow, and um, the only the only derivative thing is like, is is queer fashion only fetish gear? Fetish gear belongs to anyone who likes it, but apparently queer people are the ones who are allowed to wear it and call it fashion. That's my only editorial, but it's 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 just I'm really proud of of Nas's um, public platform. He's also really young, but like that stuff that I'm excited about is beautiful stuff. It's beautiful stuff, and there's like really great work out there in in rap and hip hop that's coming from from like queer perspectives and genre bending so like that's what gets me excited in, in music made by young people today if that you, was something i wanted to wanted to get into if you were at an award show what would you wear what would be your red carpet oh. fashion statement Ooh, um and this is like pie in the sky it's not oh like my oh gosh. my gosh like what would it be well, if I was having a design house, I would probably go with Valentino or Dior. Um, or I'd have a friend uh, design something for me. Maybe my Designing friend. women. Designing women like Dallas Coulter, pew, pew, pew. 
designer of Drag Race um, All-Star uh, Fashion. Or my friend uh, Kim Burley, my friend Cody, who made some of our Amethyst stuff. But I want something that's just like full-blown circa 1700 meets the mothership. I want like crystalline geometrical Baroque. It's like my go-to. I want flounce and then I want geometry, weird panniers, brocade, jewel tones. I want, I want someone to just streak my hair full of like gold and gold and coral and magenta and just a deep smoky eye. I just want to be sm- smoldering, smoldering, uh, sexy Pile of ash. nighttime Baroque. What? I, you said smoldering. I said smoldering pile of ash. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for your support. I mean, a smoky eye is one thing, but an ashiness is something that is very, um, uh, uh, that's more for Dieter Ritz. How dare you? On that I'm note. saying I got a lotion, you got a lotion up, girl. I don't you gotta care put if some, you are. You got to put some lotion on your ashy personality. <laughs> uh, are you talking to the mirror there, Sam? Pew, pew, pew. Jeremy and I are going to take a break so that we can work out on our differences. We're we'll be work right out our work out our town. All right, we'll see you in a bit. No. Wait, well, yes, we are. Oh my goodness. Hello, everybody. Hi. How did you all get in here? We're back. We're back. So, Sam, I um, I wanted to maybe get a little perspective on like the the way I respond with music because it's just such a beautiful, rich, complex thing for me. I'm singing all the time. I'm listening to music a lot during the day, and music reflects our values and our priorities. So, like, and it's complicated, but it doesn't always have to be. Like, I'm listening to a lot of Americana. I'm listening to a lot of uh, bluegrass, and um, I'm looking for queer perspectives in these things because um, it kind of suits my my personality i like sad things because it helps me work through my sadness and melancholy i like um really poetically rich things that put me into a visual space where i'm going there with the singer songwriter with the the singers and the 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 music so that's been a really beautiful space for me to go to, and I've been going on and off with this for a couple of years. Um, it's what I like to listen to when I'm alone, as opposed to like when I'm, say, with Alaska, we listen to things that we can sing along to together that I can harmonize with that might be part of future shows. Um, 
I also think it's, I really prefer female voices because it's the kind of embodiment of keeping my feminist chops together. And also um, the perspectives of, of the emotions of women. So those are things that are big priorities to me right now. So if I don't like a lot of stuff that's like party, party, whoop, whoop, it's because that's not happening a lot to me. And I think it's okay. I want to try to make this one of those things where I'm not sounding so cranky. And it, I, I can reflect basically on music, music being like sonic t-shirts. We talk about music and it represents some little, little or large facet of the way we're identifying and connecting ourselves to the world and between each other. So Sam, you had a really, you had a, um, you had an anecdote about an artist you're listening to and I more did. of the background behind what they've been going through. Yes. Okay. So right now I have been listening to the new Poppy album. I disagree. And to anyone that is not familiar with this artist, uh, first of all, where have you been? Do you live under a wreck? Wow, me, Sam. I you've only told me about this person. Dude, she's she's fabulous. And her music is like surprisingly autobiographical in a way in which I didn't recognize until I found out more about her situation with her ex collaborator Titanic Sinclair. So I'll lay it out to you really quickly. Uh, Poppy is a musician, uh, and she also has a huge YouTube following. And for her past two albums, she worked with a collaborator named Titanic Sinclair. And her image was very like, I'm a like I'm a female like robot droid, and he is my controller. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of this like pop art kind of project, sort of like, do you remember when Lady Gaga did the Candy Warhol phase where she's like, I'm Candy Warhol and Pop Ate My Heart and all that kind of stuff? Are you familiar with that? Oh, that was like when she did her fame tour. Okay. Um, so it's sort of like similar to that in the sense that it was a commentary on like the pop star. And okay. I really enjoyed that era. But then moving into I Disagree she starts like her if you listen to her lyrics and then know that she broke up with her collaborator titanic sinclair because he allegedly was emotionally abusive and controlling it's like oh wow not only were you like kind of sat satirizing this idea that a a pop star is being controlled by her label or a pop star is being controlled by her handler but like it was Uh actually happening to you and now you're breaking free and exploring a new genre of music, which is, is metal, rather than doing, like, kind of pop music. So, or, yeah. you know, there's a combination. But it's, I highly recommend anyone that's not familiar with Poppy um, and, and wants to hear a really unique album that explores themes of rebirth and breaking free and um, not letting yourself become something that you shouldn't be uh, yeah. i highly recommend it it's a really good one and she's fucking great and i'm really happy that she got out of a bad situation because that's really bad 
it's a bad yeah. situation to be in when you have yeah. a handler that is allegedly handler. Oh God, a handler is for pets, that he's gonna hang not himself. people. <laughs> a handler is for a fucking uh, alligator, not not for people with minds of their own. It's so gross, Sam. It's the truth. It's so gross. It's gross. It's gross. Like, what and is the? the what are these too. things? Why do people find them acceptable? Tell me, Sam. So, you, you, you are, you are young. Ugh. Why do people find handlers acceptable? Yeah. Um, well, what's a fucking handler like about this, this particular situation? Oh, I don't mind. We've got some time. The, <laughs> this, it's a creepy uh, person. And like I said, like I don't know, like I don't know any of these people, so he I has can't. a creepy. He has a creepy name too. Titanic is a disaster, <laughs> and Sinclair is known to be one of those names of those like Illuminati, like the 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 Da Vinci Code. So it's creepy, fucking creepy. So yeah. this apparently is not the first time that this sort of happened. So Titanic Sinclair had a previous uh, musical partner named Mars Argo. And Mars Argo uh -huh. was sort of like poppy prototype. And yeah. her and Titanic were dating. So they had a really bad breakup. And then the the legend goes that Titanic then found Poppy and used a lot of the tropes and musical stylings and aesthetic choices he created for Mars Argo for Poppy mm -hmm. in like a really petty sense where he was like trying to reproduce like mm -hmm. Mars Argo into mm -hmm. the Poppy project. And if you listen to one of Poppy's songs in her new album, she talks about, I think the lyric goes, I hear her heart beating in me get her out of me about like how she's like aware that this person is trying to shape her into his ex lover because of this petty reason of him trying to get back at her. Um, are they so, all children? Yeah. Are they all children? I don't know how old they are, but it's really like, you know, this Gross. is, I, they should make a movie about this shit. Cause this is fucking like, gold in term it's just it's such an interesting like there's a video on youtube i don't i maybe i can pop it in after i look it up on our break but it explains the whole situation um and it's just really incredible how all of these things that you that people thought were just part of the poppy project as being like an artistic expression of how you know pop stars are controlled by their management was actually happening this uh -huh. whole time. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Another another psycho white guy. Another psycho white guy. Well, as a white person, sometimes I like to make those sort of things. White people need to take their psycho the fuck down and start treating women better. And girls, women, anyone who identifies in the femme spectrum, all of us gender floral creatures don't let psycho guide we need to start unplugging these psychos unplug the energy of the psychos shut them down pew pew pew, pew, pew i don't know pew, i'm just hearing too uh, i think i i am i am uh, my my fire is lit about about patriarchal bullshit this time of the year 
or or of late. So like I think that's also why it's like oh poor 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 male poor male you. It's like yes yes we have shit that we need to go through. Stop taking it out on women. Stop stop taking it out on queer people, uh, gender non ordinary people, and trans folks. Done done. Kung fu on you. We all need to come together and and like fight this bullshit. And I think that's like... Also, I just looked at that video I was talking about, and for anyone that's yeah. interested, on YouTube, it's Poppy, colon, The Rise and Fall, and then, in brackets, and Rebirth, by um, a user named Raining, and it's really good, and it explains the whole situation. And I should mention all this stuff is alleged. I think I probably should say that for legal reasons. But there you go. But I agree. I mean... It's, it's I mean, I know next to nothing, but this is just a so dynamic. It's a dynamic in entertainment that producers and people who have the money, who are putting the money around, are being a gross, manipulative, and abusive. Abusive. Well, like, that? abusive people with that? the money. Holly it's not original that was, like, also. All those women. Do you know who? who I'm talking about? He's He's the guy that was, like, raping all of these high-profile Hollywood women, um, like, oh. and he was a big part of the, like, uh, it was the Me Too movement sort of formed around him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Weinstein? I don't remember his name. I should really know Harvey this. Weinstein. Weinstein. Yeah, it's like Harvey yeah. Weinstein. I should know that. I'm embarrassed that I don't. But it's so prevalent in the industry, particularly with, white men taking advantage uh-huh. of women with money and power and influence saying you want this you got to go through this traumatic i can't even i can't even grace it with a rite of passage it's no it's no rite of passage of of maturity it's it's a gatekeeping it's this tro- ugly assaulting troll community this network it's not a community it's a network of psychos like and fortunately like i have been very blessed that i have no i have no accounts of this happening in my time with alaska i mean there's some some silly yeah i'm very grateful um but again drag is niche enough and uh queer and fringe enough that I think, like, um, it's not always seen as a way to make a whole lot of money. But, um, you know, television drag queens are what bring people who may not go out and see live performers a lot into the bars to see people they've seen on TV. That's the, that's the professional business logistics of it. However, there's also, like, bringing community together and discussing um, and uh, bringing issues to light through the performance of drag. So that's why I appreciate anyone who brings some sense of social justice to their creative work. Um, may, I, may I ask you a personal question? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not your, it's not, it's not your shoe size. Don't worry. Um, I wear a women's 11. Did you ever want, 
did you <laughs> did you ever want to be famous? Um, did you ever I think I think the truth, at least for me in this moment, is that I'd like to have I'd like to have influence, and I'd like to have benevolent influence. Again, like having been at the side of someone who has a million and a half plus followers, Justin and I aren't looking aren't looking for the the next big way to 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 get more and more and more. We're not greedy people, and we're not um, we're not ruthless ambitionists. You know, I was watching the Linda Ronstadt uh, documentary and one of her colleagues, a singer-songwriter, is like, some people are careerists and some people are musicians, but you have to be a combination in order to make some, make some way in the music and the entertainment world. And the yeah. thing for me is, is like, I, I would try to be really ambitious when I was in grad school. I wanted to be maybe a famous academic 10 years ago. 10 years ago when I was in graduate school, I wanted to be a big time or perhaps famous academic. I wanted to be at the top of the heap. If you knew anything about gender studies and the Baroque period and popular music uh, and queer studies, it was going to be me. It was going to be me with some great positions and some books and, you know, high profile interviews. And that's what I wanted to set myself up for. That's why I wanted to work with Susan McCleary, who is a MacArthur Fellow, a Genius Grant winner for gender studies and musicology in the 90s. Um, when that those things fell through, um, I didn't really know. I was going to try. I was I was going to at least try to make a decent dissertation. But as for like musician and famous, the more I've been involved with uh, music in the way it is, what I have always loved is bringing music to community and bringing music to people in an intimate way. If I can do that and be famous, great. But the famous thing, um, it's, not, it's not my goal because fame is a distortion. It's a mirror of distortion that happens with the masses around you, and then it affects the way that you understand yourself. Fame is a disease. Long story short, fuck no. I don't need fame. I'd like some respect. I'd like to be a songwriter and a musician that's well-respected in my community, say like Beth Nielsen Chapman, who is a wonderful songwriter and has some Grammy nominations to her credit, but we've just gone full circle to Grammy grammy's town like she didn't win anything she's still an amazing songwriter she's an amazing singer songwriter you know like you don't need awards to legitimize excellent work so i want to do excellent work and i want to do it with those i love and care about and respect that's the tea mom i i never wanted to be famous it just sort of happened oh but it's the truth is the it truth. just sort of happened. My, I, these paparazzi, they're always, every time I wake up, they're just outside. Oh, my God. I don't know a... what to do, Jeremy. What am I going to do? Yeah. Um, about the paparazzi, you either... I never, a- I never out... asked for this. Yeah. You, you, you asked for lots of people to throw down hundreds of dollars in big stadiums so that, so that you, you could do three chords on a loop. And your cult of personality 
can grow into something where you buy big mansions and uh, can you know. And if you're a, if you're male and and often white, you can become a psychopathic douchebag. Take it down, people. This is 2020. Pew pew pew. All right. You That's my answer, Sam. A psychopathic bag if you're female and whatever. I don't think that anyone cannot become a psychopathic douchebag. It just seems to be slightly more prevalent to those of Among high white males. Yeah. People with high privilege can like totally. Give an inch, they'll take a mile. Ugh. Gross. But that's but the beautiful thing about the spirit, the spirit in which music can be powerful and healing and change lives is that, you know, anyone at any level can have that opportunity. I've never been a fan of Beyonce. She always seemed a little bit too like she was going to like throw lasers and destroy cities with her eyeballs. <laughs> She's a little like pop. They're like popzillas. You know, like, I never cared for Beyonce because she was, like, kind of popzilla to me. Like, I love J-Hud. J-Hud has crazy in her eyes, but she has such richness in the emotion of where she sings. The same thing is, like, I don't, like, I love Kathleen Battle as an opera singer because she got a pristine fucking voice. She was also known to be psycho, but when your voice is that fucking good, babe, just try not to be abusive. But it's but now she's like that's, 70. She's like 72. That's one of the reasons I love Britney too. Like Britney, like people can say what they want about Britney, but Britney, she's made it fairly clear, fairly clear that she yeah, does not that getting want famous, to be famous can totally fuck up your can totally fuck up your life. Yeah, like I think that people give her a lot of flack for like being a non-artist. Which, I mean, granted, she's probably more known for being a performer than a musician. Like, I don't she's think anyone performer. would dispute that. Like, she's, she's a performer. Not some, like, money she sang songs. She just, yeah. She, she likes to perform. Songs. And she's not, she doesn't like the Hollywood game. And I appreciate that. And also, free well, Britney. She's been in well, a conservative for too long. Well, the people around her did like the Hollywood game is the problem. And when it, your, yeah. your psychological and soul development becomes warped and stunted by being in show business. Show business is no joke. You have to have a good uh, head on your shoulders and have some integrity. Please watch the Linda Ronstadt documentary. She's practically a saint to me. Her interviews, she will lay an interviewee down for their grave. She comes from the border. She comes from borderlands of Arizona and northern Mexico. Her father is Mexican-American. She, she gives no fucks. She gave no fucks about people who had misinformation and inaccurate information about her, her relationships. She did not like the tabloid aspect of Hollywood and the music business. She did what she wanted on her terms. She sang Mexican-American and Mexican music. She sang fucking operetta in the early 80s when her um, management and her record, um, the record executives told her that it was career suicide. She should stick with rock and roll. I appreciate integrity in an artist. And I hope I can manage to have some sliver of the integrity that folks like Linda Ronson had. As a woman, fresh in the, in the, in the, 
the women's rights movement and the second wave of feminism in the late 60s and 70s. She's a saint. She's a fucking saint. Bless you, Linda Ross. sisters. She is completely. You want to know an icon? Totally. Pew, 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 pew. Nine. The, the sacred nine pews. Three of three. <laughs> she is a high priestess of, of, of song and interpretation. So that's how I feel about music. It's been in my blood all my life, and I just, I can't, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little too far down, down the the narrative of of my chapters in life to, to be like whiny, whiny white girls. Maybe she's not. Maybe Billy's great. I I remember something about her brother, that her brother helps write songs, and I heard a good song by her brother, Ooh. so I can respect that. I don't know. I can maybe I'll go who, on the internet. Who are we talking about? Billy Eilish. I'm trying to make a full circle moment. Oh, maybe. Billy. Yeah, her so brother you're trying, helps. Trying to make a full song. circle moment happen. Yeah. I yeah, mean, bro- I'm sure she's great. I really do. Um, I feel like literally I, a millennial. I've talked, I've talked about this before about how when like when you get older your musical tastes tend to just change or become more specific and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you have, like, it doesn't make your tastes better or worse. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't gravitate towards um, more mainstream pop artists the way I used to when I was in my early 20s. It's um, because their the, the, subject matters tend to uh, revolve around the struggles and trials and tribulations of people in their early 20s. Um, so, you know, I, I, I gravitate to artists that I feel like speak my truth more as a late 20-year-old and almost 30-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the tea, hunty. Yes. And, like, those two are Holly. They're in Hollywood. Uh, Phineas and his sister, Billy, are, are, the, are the children of... Act, actors and screenwriters. So, like, how perfectly lovely for them to have a community and be in the industry and make those things happen. Fine. How lovely. How, how wonderfully uh, convenient. But, hey, I don't know them. I'd, l- I'd look forward to getting to know them. I have... I think enjoyed some of Phineas's songwriting, so it's just the it's just the the way things go. So you can meet salt of the earth people from all sorts of places, and you can find psycho douchebaggery wherever wherever you find those nice people as well. So I'm excited yeah. about what also like I what's to be as folks grow older and experience life. As much as I do. Enjoy, like I will be the first to admit that I do enjoy celebrity gossip. I don't know any of these people. Yeah, <gasps> I know. I'm so self. I'm the oh worst. But God. I don't know these people. Like I'm not gonna. Make ju- I'm not gonna make judgments about like their character, depending on like w- whether or not I enjoy their body of work, or like yeah. what outfit they wear on the red carpet, or yeah. who they're the dating. The fact that like, Phineas is a I don't ginger. know jack shit about these people. Yeah, all of that. I know you like. And I know you like. He's a, 
He's a ginger. He has a mustache. He's 23 years old. And uh, I guess he's been on Glee. How lovely. Well, I hope all of our communities... I hope all of our communities can become more open and engaged with one another to the to the best good that we can for those who are around us. Um, I hope we that the that the music and the art we create um, in this time can be really um, nurturing, as well as fun, as well as healing, as well as silly. Bring it all. Bring it all on, y'all. Bring I'm it ready all. for it. Yeah. I'm ready all for right. it, too. We are going to be right back. Right back. Ooh, that was stimulating. Yes. See you in a moment, all. I'm here to for going into that deep dive with us over music and the power of culture. Sam, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. I know it was a deep dive. We went in, we went in deep in the submarine layers. It we was saw anglerfish. The deepest of the dives. Oh ever my gosh, I think we saw the Titanic in the North Atlantic. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, pew, pew, pew. Did you get that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I just sure. want to uh, talk over Sam a lot this episode. So thanks, Sam, for accepting that I will Some generally talk over you. We just come up with the ideas at the same time. So I don't know how maybe we'll have a more polite episode this season. Um, but I do want to thank the Patreon beauties. Um, uh, all especially uh, Flo Thunder, who is at our 55 50 level. Uh, Florida, I, I didn't ask you about your um, about your ask us anything in Q&As, so you get extra for the next episode. I was just uh, doing the tarot reading for Florida right before the podcast. So I am intrepidly carrying out my uh, benefit promises when you come to Patreon and support our work. Um, take, a, take a gander at us on social media in the coming weeks so that we can carve the season uh, more towards the things that are really getting you on fire, that, are, that you're passionate about and that you would like to hear us go deeply into yes sam yes the um podcast grows with us all so um the reality of it is that these things do cost a little bit of money to run in terms of equipment and hosting our podcast on a server so that we can keep vi uh, videos available for everyone so we do appreciate any support you can give us via patreon it helps us grow and it helps us uh, keep making more uh, wonderful content for your ear holes. Yes. 
Yes, I'm so glad you have joined us. To, for everyone who has, uh, so much love and gratitude for your support. So, Sam, where can we find you if someone's got a really great idea that they'd love to hear your sexy voice talk about? Any lamppost in yeah. the area. No, um, you can find me, uh, Nuke Moth. That is my Instagram handle. You can't find me on Facebook anymore, Diva, because I deleted it. But Facebook is going down. Oh, yes. It's going down like the Titanic. Um, you see what I did there? Yes. Pew, pew, pew. But, yes, you can find me on Instagram at NukeMoth. That's N-U-K-E-M-O-T-H. You can find my leather at Ramshine Leather on Instagram or Ramshine.com, which will forward you to my Etsy page. Yes. Well, the best place to find me is at my sometimes office at Instagram, uh, handsomejeremy777. You may also get into some lovely kikis with me when I occasionally stop at Twitter. And I'm at Orphic Apollo 777. I do have my handsome Jeremy musical oracle at Facebook. And you may also find me via Carrier Pigeon or Mutual Consensual Telepathy. So please join us for our next exciting deep dive into all things that are on a fairly queer podcast. Thanks, Sam, for being our magnificent and super cute editor. You do a great job every time. Thank you for being you. And thank you, audience, for always being extra special and lovely. We love you. And we'll see you again very soon. Very soon. Bye. Goodbye.